0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom from very, very successful individuals from around the world. Today, it is my unique privilege to have a very, very dear friend, a very accomplished entrepreneur from Singapore and Bangkok with me, Hester Chu. Hester, welcome to the show. Thanks, Aish. Good morning. Thank Thank you for having me. Thank you. Hester is the former CEO of McDonald's Thailand. He was the vice. He is currently the vice chairman of McDonald's Thailand. He's the chairman of Ronald McDonald's House Charity. He also led KFC, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell in Singapore, Thailand, and Indochina, and is a fellow IPR and one of the few people who is, have received the very prestigious Hickok Distinguished Service Award. So, Hester, let's start with your own journey. You've. Spent a lot of time in food retail. What are some of the, the three key milestones that you would say have been life-changing for you?
1: Well, I guess, I guess all of us work through with different leaders and different mentors. So, so when you talk about milestone, I think a little bit about the leaders I work with. Mm-hmm. When I started my career you know, as a company, as a, as a young restaurant manager, and then subsequently moved up. I worked for a guy called Tony Wang. Mm-hmm. He's American Chinese based in Singapore. Uh, he picked me up from Singapore operation and gave me a regional role. Mm-hmm. So I think that was kind of my first breakthrough to understand Southeast Asia and a little bit more in the Asia Pacific down the road. Okay. So he was kind of my first guy that helped me break through from local operations to regional operations. Right. And then along the, along the way, as we work at market MNCs, you know, we have changes in, in, in the senior level. Mm-hmm. Uh, then my next boss was a guy by the team lane from New York.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my first meeting with him and a dinner in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. he said to me, look, Hester, you've been here in Thailand just recently. I just got a job. Why don't you continue to stay for another year and then we'll figure out mm-hmm. how it goes. You can have all the ropes to do good or you can hang yourself the ropes I'm going to give you it was a good lesson, uh-huh. but I worked with him for about 11 years, so wow. I think we got on very well, nice. right so he gave me lots of ropes and wow. so so that helped me really expand myself into it and you know, I think the other part is getting a bit more of the entrepreneurism um, working into investing into the McDonald's business with a local partner, so that kind of helped me grow along the way yeah, so so kind of like when I broke out from a from, uh, local operations in the region, The region expanded a little bit more and then and then step out of the corporate life and uh, took my own risk. Wonderful. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. And you know, you've built McDonald's in Thailand into quite a powerhouse. What would you say were some of your key
1: challenges as you built McDonald's in Thailand? Well, McDonald's like other brands we work with, they all have their own own agreements and, and, and core competencies, right? Okay. There's their own strength. When we bought the business back in two thousand six, mm-hmm. we had about ninety restaurants. Okay. So today is two hundred and thirty some restaurants today. So the growth. I've stepped out of operations as you know a, a year ago. Mm-hmm. I, I think the initial period was really um how to rebuild. I think number one we got in was rebuilding a team. Mm-hmm. Right. When the team was closing more restaurants and opening those days, um cash flow challenges. So so I think getting the right team, we brought Well, again, it's people, right? Uh, I had people that did not believe the vision that we had. I mean, they're they're, they're entitled to their rights. We could not convince everyone, but we managed. So some of them left, we we changed new people. Some we had to manage the transition. Hmm. But uh, I'm glad that the team that we built of 2007, fairly stable team for about 11 11 or 12 years. So so I think the team was important. Ability to build a culture. After that, uh, the define what the culture is going to be, I think was, was an important part of the whole, the whole basis of the turnaround. So build a team, get a culture, do the turnaround, and also making products being relevant in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Right? McDonald's being a global brand. Big Mac and cheeseburgers are the main thing. Right. The per capita consumption of beef in Thailand is less than 3 per kilo per, per head, mm-hmm. and chicken is 15 kilos. Wow. So again, managing the menu and localization is important part of the process as well.
0: Wonderful. So you know, I've known you for many years, and you know, you are a great entrepreneur. But one of the things that I've always uh, uh, been admiring of you has been your incredible people skills. And you yourself are very well known for building strong teams. So my first question to you is that: What is what, what, in your opinion, are some of
1: the important qualities a CEO, CEO should have? Well, I guess I guess that all CEOs, I mean, we, we probably will, will be competent in, in some fields, whether it's marketing, operations, and so on. But I think an important CEO will be is the, the concept of player coach.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I can't be standing on a sideline. I could be playing in a game together with the team. So, so I think the player coach concept is very important. I, I think... Uh, it's not like do as I say, but do as I do. I think Mm -hmm. that's important. So we heard a principle of shadows of leader and so on. But Mm -hmm. really, I think living through it, be visible to your team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bear in mind our business, whether it was in the the Tricon days, KFC, Pizza Hut or McDonald's, the team are scattered all over the the, the country. So you need to be visiting them. And so so be visible, be participative. It's important. And I think part of the, Etos of YPO is servant leadership. That concept should also be part of the organization as well, that we're not here just to be, to be served, but we're actually serving you. Mm. Uh, a simple example is whenever we're at a managers' conferences, where look, I remember attending my first manager conference, a team, mm. and then there's a VIP table, two VIP tables. So I asked, what's this? I said, well, this is a VIP table. Mm-hmm. So they said, why? Mm. It is for, it's for the directors, and you guys said, "No." The reason we have managers' conference is so that we serve the managers, not they serve us. Correct. So we change the whole concept, right? So, so when you have 200 old people in, in having a dinner, so among all my directors, myself, we are standing at the buffet station serving out dishes, Wonderful. Wonderful. which is very different. So I think the server leadership is showing the, showing the team that you are there with them to understand the issues as well as to, to lead by example. Wonderful. I, I love your phrase,
0: not do as I say, but do as I do. I think that's a very, very incisive kind of a statement. I'm sure a lot of people listening to us will remember that. So, you know, Hester, you have hired or must have hired hundreds and hundreds of people uh, in the various companies that you have worked in, but now as one of the uh, co owners of McDonald's franchise in Thailand.
1: What do you look for when you hire people? Well, I, I guess the standard stuff is we we look at the paper resume and so on before we shortlist them. I also look at for how long have they stayed in the, the last two or three jobs? Okay. Do they change every year or do they change every couple of years? Right? just understand that those who ju- to switch job quite frequently not likely to be called up for interview okay. at an interview we we tend to discuss more to understand how they work, how do they work. I mean, we try to pick up things, the traits, like we see the level of confidence. Mm. We want to look at the level of team building mm.
0: uh,
1: and and also try to understand how this, we don't want to intrude into the social life. I mean, I mean, if we do interview process in Asia and US, we will get shot in the US. We can ask mm-hmm. a lot of things, Correct. right? But but here, but understanding that, that the way they behave socially, also see how they they build teams as well. Mm. So, so we're able to, to, to try and do that. I think the leadership skills very important part of it. And when probably 80, 90% down the interview, and if a guy that I feel fully confident, and one of the question I like to ask is, do you drink anything alcoholic? Mm-hmm. And if they tell me, well, I like orange juice and so on. I say, yeah, anything else stronger? Mm-hmm. Right. If they, if they are a wine, you know, I'm a whiskey person. Yeah. Right. So as long as they, they if they tell me I can hold my drink mm-hmm. or get drink a little, I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. And and the reason for that is sometimes when you join, you have a meeting with suppliers or partners, mm-hmm. they will want to have a drink, as you know how we, we do. And yeah. I've seen people that could not hold their drink and, and collapse on table, mm-hmm. which isn't not what we want. So we want to avoid certain embarrassing situations. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so, so you ask me, it's kind of strange. I will try to answer a bit, but I think the important part is really they have a confidence, uh, the leadership, the sociability, and are they there to serve people or, or they want people or they want to be served. I think, I think those are the kind of thing. Kind of Very up. interesting. Very
0: interesting. So my next question to you is on culture, right? You know, a little while ago, you did speak about culture and how mm-hmm. important it is. Tell me what role does leadership and culture play in building an organization?
1: I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Many a times we've seen companies, we talk about culture, okay. but the leaders are folding their <laughs> arms and standing up somewhere else and, and listening to someone talk about culture. So I think culture needs to be built from, from top and within. Mm-hmm. I, I, learned it, I learned it from my days in Tricon mm-hmm. when you were first sold from PepsiCo and spin out Tricon. The culture then was, they called HWWT. How we work together okay. It's a global ro- it's a global rollout by mm-hmm. the CEO. Okay, and uh, it's state- and it's very prescriptive how it works and three day exercises and so on mm-hmm. to get everybody the role. And David Novak himself was leading it. Wow, okay. I cannot forget those mm-hmm. things, right. We we went to Louisville and then, and we we went out. I I, I learned that picket from from there. Right? Mm-hmm. I've seen my task organization and how things go. So so I think a leader has to lead it. So, share a little very important part of culture. There's no question, right. And then, and from there, it helped us to prioritize the culture. Helped us to manage prioritize the work. Mm. Help us to focus and where we want. I think so, so. for McDonald's, for example, when we built the rebuild the culture, when mm-hmm. like I mentioned earlier, so I remember we bought the business in October, and then by January, February, on two hundred seven, I brought the whole department, the whole all the managers out to Hard Rock Cafe in, in Pattaya. Okay. we' with a, with a consultant and and a huge discussion on what worked what didn't work with us and how we define and it took a couple of months to come out with our own a culture what we call step up okay so, so the first part of our culture the step up the S stand for certain note at work mm-hmm. so certain in time is having fun okay so we basically you know we talk about people in there we talk about customer service mm-hmm. but I wanted to make sure that people are having fun so a part of our culture is. The S is very important. S and no. of so having that at the upfront, saying that if you're not having fun, you're in a, you're working the wrong organisation, mm. and then from there the rest falls in place. Correct, and you know because I've often seen in a McDonald's, it's a very
0: high pressure job behind the counter. You know these oui. people are under a lot of stress because everyone is wanting their order to be delivered, and I've often wondered how do you manage to
1: build a strong culture where people don't react. Well, I, I guess everything part of training, mm. right? But in, in order to get organization behind, well, as you say, our business is all about the front line, okay. right? So, some of the concepts I've learned in the past i brought in the, in the system is, is uh, for example, we ask everybody, everybody have to have a customer. Who's our customer? Mm. Our team in the front line, the cashier, uh, the managers and the restaurant, their front line are the customers who pay our salary, they buy a product, therefore it pays our salary.
0: Right.
1: But then for, then another thing we, we changed was the concept of head office. Hmm. The head office, everything of it as Eiffel Tower or hmm. ivory tower and so on. But again, for our concept is, there is no such a head office. We call ourselves restaurant support center. Right. So in the RSC, we have a customer and our customer is a restaurant manager in the in the field okay so our job is to is to serve him mm. so that he can serve the customer better correct all right so so I think we reverse that and on top of that every year we bring the entire team to to run two restaurants two of the heavy busy restaurants in Bangkok on okay. a Saturday uh-huh. so 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. we are running ship I, I will be the duty manager okay wearing the uniform and so on mm-hmm. and my, my other colleagues will be cooking flipping burgers, french fries and so on. So, so, so you lead for example, so every, my CFO was a co- cooking chicken at one stage and so on. Right? Mm-hmm. So you just need to withdraw the stuff out, bring your uh, RSC team in and, and lead by example and show the work. Fantastic. So let's move on Esther, you, you,
0: you stepped back from executive uh, role in McDonald's Thailand. But you've got a very exciting new startup in the healthcare field. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In, a, I, I've, in 2018, I, I invested in a company called Saluba MD. Mm-hmm. The group CEO is an YPO, shy, And we do mm-hmm. have many YPOs involved, uh, invested in it. So you'll be happy oh, to know, I, I,
0: I spoke to Alan McLaren
1: uh, last week. Okay, that's mm-hmm. good. So Alan is in there as well, right? I know yeah so Rob Doffman and Shy called me one day and said hey Hess we got this proposition would you take a look mm-hmm. and I said healthcare this 2018 well, well maybe I should look at it mm-hmm. put some investment in so I did that and then I was passive right? and on the advisory board we get update mm-hmm. but by 2019 by the time I decided to step out in August mm-hmm. so I told the board and Shai hey I think uh, affordable healthcare and making it available anywhere in Thailand should be a priority here. Okay. So with that in mind, I say I'm stepping out. I do have a little bit of time.
0: Mm.
1: I do have some connection in Thailand. Let me see how I can, I can get this working.
0: Okay.
1: Right. So so we, we took the idea, playing around with it, mm. and uh, we registered the company in May this year. Mm-hmm. Hired five people now. So so we're going through a, a process uh, FDA licensing for certain products, testing, because NDA, I can't mention the company's name, but I'm working yep. with a couple, a couple of companies on, on uh, doing telemedicine. Mm-hmm. So because I think number one, you can really have some productivity, you save time, transportation bank Bangkok, you know, traffic and so on, and accessible to doctors, uh, medication sent to you. Mm-hmm. So I think there are lots of advantages. So, so that's something, I'm, I'm, that's my new uh, challenge right now to look, look at it. Fantastic. So I think I think it's interesting. Uh, I think I mean, end of the day, we all can make money. Mm-hmm. But I think you need to find a way of giving back as well. Okay. So I think this is a way that's, that I, I believe I can handle the next couple of years to try and build this. Fantastic. And good luck to you. I mean, I think uh, Salubra MD is
0: a fantastic concept. and I'm sure you're, under your leadership, it'll do very well. So let's move, talk a little bit about YP, an organization you and I both belong to.
1: Uh, okay.
0: I have two questions for you on that. Number one is that why did you join YPO
1: and what have you got out of it? Wow. When you, when you, yeah, when you look at I look I look back, uh, I joined with IPO back in 1998. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while back. And I, I know, do you, do you know Ramesh Vangal? Very well. He was part of my forum in Singapore. Okay. So he was one to introduce me to YPO. Okay. So because I was in KFC in Thailand involved, right? And Ramesh at that time was part of PepsiCo. Yeah. So uh, so through some common friends who spoke to be a YPO and so on. And then Ramesh said, okay, let me be your sponsor mm. and give you a bit more background. All right? And that's how I, I got Amazing. got involved. And I think what intrigued me at that time was really the concept, the, the opportunity to network, to meet other, other business executives. And also the concept of forum. Correct. I think those were the two things that intrigued me. Mm. Um, and during my interview process and getting to know the, the group again, I say, okay, looks like I say you guys accept me, I'll jump in. Right. So mm. so I so I, I joined YPO back in ninety okay. eight. That's how I got involved. And and my next question to you is that you know a lot of YPOs give back, but I've seen you give back a lot to IPOs. Okay. Yeah.
0: What made
1: you do this? No, you know, I I think in, in part power life is what do you enjoy most?
0: Correct.
1: Right. So I I think I, I do enjoy the the openness of white people. Well, there are politics that we do not like. There are stuff like that, right? Sure. Like anyway. But the overall, I think there are lots of good people, great people we know. I got to know you. I got to know a lot of people globally. So I thought, hey, I mean, it, it's kind of like, you know, you. You on drugs? The more you take, the better it is, right? So YPO is, is that drug, right? Wonderful. So I I started involved in chap, chapter, leadership. in the chapter leadership, yeah. then region, and then get the global committees and so on. So it just it just continue because you get to meet more people, mm. and it's not just that. When you go out there, and attend the meetings, the leadership meeting, you get to learn as well, right? Because we learn from so many people. So so it's endless learning. Yeah. So, so that's how I think. That's how I just got you know more and more into YPO. Wonderful, wonderful. So I've got time for a few questions for you personally now. Okay. My first question to you, Hesha, is what does success mean to you? Well, I guess I guess success will be doing things well that you are actually enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, obviously, success is equate to. You know physical assets and stuff like that but i think you really success in the heart and so on is really what do we enjoy most mm. and what we're doing well at so i think those are areas that I, I would like to kind of focus on i mean it has to be something that makes you happy all mm. right i mean we're talking about success financial success and so on but i think the success of our, our inner being i think i think that's something we need to figure out i think that's a the focus there very nice very nice
0: my yes. next question is that you know, after such incredible success over the years,
1: where do you draw your inspiration from? Everywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think inspiration is, is is not one source. It's really from everywhere. We're learning all the time. There's a lot, lot of inspiration. I mean, you you're you saying earlier, you you have interviewed 300 folks. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you pick up inspiration from there. Mm-hmm. For me, some, I do my morning runs a couple of times a week. And if I see certain things, I pick certain things up, that's my inspiration for, you know, to, to come up with some new ideas. So I think, I think it's not one source. We get different books that, it, I don't read much books, but I like to read like, get abstract kind of summaries in, in, into them. I like to read the opinions of, in you know, different papers. So I, I guess it's not, I'm not focused on one point, but I kind of totally open and kind of read different stuff. Amazing, amazing. My next question is that if you Hester to were
0: a role model to millions of children who closely followed your life choices, what is the one thing you would change in yourself?
1: I think that's uh, if I look back my 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 life, I think my first fifteen years, of my career 20 years, but I probably put career a lot more than family. Mm-hmm. So, so, I, so the question is really what's important. I I thought about. The, the importance of it. Yeah. I also have this in my mind. I do not believe in work-life balance. Okay. Because, I, because the word balance seems to give a 50-50. Mm-hmm. I believe in the term called work-life harmony. Mm-hmm. So how do we figure out that? Right. Okay. So so when someone talks about work-life balance, I say, well, probably you got too much money. That's why you can talk about it. Mm-hmm. If not, I think it's tough. So I, I say, I rather figure out the work-life harmony of, of, okay. of things. So for me to really look back, I would like to spend a bit more time with my family. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, my children have grown up, which I miss a fair bit of their growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so now we have a grandson, so having spent a few months there and so on. So I, I think the, the, the feelings are a lot more fuzzy out there.
0: I can, imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. And my last question to you, when I come back to uh, the pandemic, which has changed all our lives. -hmm. My question to you is: How are you rethinking your
1: life in the new world order? So, I guess, I guess the new, the new, the new world now is going to be very different from what we know, right? I think we all have read and seen that. Lots of people have predicted how it's going to be. My guess is I'm using more uh, Lazada, Shopee to buy my Mm -hmm. things rather going out. So, so I think using digital technology is a bit more. My my move into digital telemedicine also kind of transformed a little bit more into what it is. Uh, we're like this, we're having Zoom meetings, Zoom discussions, I'm um, having Zoom discussion with my team since I've been away for a few months, uh, and so on. Right. So so I think uh, and I, I foresee this continuing. Okay. Right? Of course, I think face-to-face is still important, but yeah. but there will be a lesser frequency. There will be some face-to-face. Mm. So I think re-looking really at our Work life will be is one critical area. Is, is is how much Zoom time versus how much travel time we're going to have?
0: Correct.
1: In the past, I'm looking at probably eighty some percent travel time, mm. and I'm looking hopefully that I can bring it down to maybe forty percent and can be sixty percent home. So, so that's how I see over to evolve my time as well on it. Fantastic, Esther. Fantastic.
0: Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I wish you, McDonald's and Salugur MD huge success. Thank you so
1: much. It's very nice chatting you too. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You, videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world.